0: Welcome to episode six of the Busy Aviation Podcast. I'm delighted to be speaking with Anya Eriksson this evening, who is one of the very few female North Sea helicopter captains. We'll be talking about Anya's path to command, and also her real passion for not only helicopters but crew resource management and pilot peer support. Hi, Anya. Welcome to the Busy Aviation Podcast. Really great to have you on this evening, and. I just want to start it really, I suppose what I should mention is that we are actually work colleagues, so for, the, for people listening, we do actually know each other uh, and uh, we have uh, flown together, well no, I don't think we have flown together, but we,
1: we've never flown together, we've never, never flown together, I never, I never had the
0: pleasure, <laughs> both ways, um, <laughs> and so just so that everyone out there knows that, but welcome and thank you so much for doing this. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and and how you got, well, how I know you, I suppose, and and how you got to where you are today?
1: Uh, Yeah, thanks. Thank you for uh, having me on. I've never done this before, Um, but uh, I grew up in Denmark in the countryside. And uh, to make it really quick, I, you know, everything was about horses and growing up as a child. Um, my parents were breeding horses as well, so it it really was everything about horses, taking care of them, riding them, um, and then very traditional um, upbringing. Really, um, went to traditional school in Denmark and went to what we would call gymnasium. It, it they don't quite have the equivalent in the UK. Okay. Be college, I guess. Uh, but I knew early on that I wanted to be a pilot. So I, you know, I was very clear about what I needed to do and what I wanted to do. So in terms of choosing subjects in school, I always chose them, you know, not because it would be fun, but because it would be, you know, I need this. I have to learn this so that I can become better at whatever it is I want to do.
0: Then, So what was the spark? You you know, you said you you realized you wanted to be a pilot. Something must have put that in your mind. Did you see something or fly or... Or know someone?
1: I no, I didn't. I mean, there's no other pilots in my family, or you know, my my parents' friends, or anything like that. It it was I had this thing when I was a child, and I you know I looked up in the in the the sky, and I saw the airplanes, and the the sun was reflecting back the the light, and something there was just there was something there you know that interested me or calling me, if you like. Um, and then, like so many others, I watched Top Gun <laughs> one day, and I was blown away. <laughs> and I thought, that is what I want to do. I want to fly. And and then helicopters was a very conscious decision. I I, I probably sat down and I you know look at looked at the pros and cons because that is that is what I would do. You know, what's the the pros and cons of fixed wing? What's the pros and cons of helicopters? And I chose helicopters because they're awesome
0: yeah that's amazing because you said you looked upwards and saw airplanes in the sky i think there's a there's a famous saying about once you've glanced yeah. to skywards uh then you, you'll never do something else and, then, <laughs> and, and, and i think we all do the same i think even now <laughs> even now i i still if i hear an airplane go past i can't help myself but look up uh, oh yeah yeah run out and, and you can only tell other is. pilots by that <laughs> genuinely proper pilots yeah. cause <laughs> yeah. even now even at, even you know when we're at work and uh in, in our full-time jobs and uh the uh, you see an aircraft take off or something like that. I still watch. I watch as I walk from the car park in the morning. Yeah. I can't help myself. But yeah, you mentioned looking at airplanes. So and you said helicopters are awesome. So what we haven't said actually, uh, and and I probably put this into the introduction as well because we're going to work backwards on this is that Anya is actually a North Sea helicopter captain. So. That was something that we probably should have mentioned, but yeah, okay. So we've mentioned helicopters. So what is it that particularly fascinates you, or did fascinate, or still does about <laughs> helicopters?
1: Everything. It, it, it does contain everything. You've got you've got science. You've got the you know you have to you know you have to know the technical aspects of the helicopter. You have to you have to learn about the weather, uh, read the weather. You have to you know understand how it flies the aerodynamics and you you have to know about people you have to understand people you have to work with people and that is probably maybe nearly one of the most important aspects is is people through you know crms as i i work as a trainer as well
0: yeah we'll come back to that one we'll come back to that one later on uh and and it's interesting you say and yeah but i mean people are the same i suppose for fixed wing as well do you have any hankerings to, to ever try out fixed-wing or have you ever flown fixed-wing?
1: Uh, I have. When I was um, training in Florida, I, maybe I should say that I, I started out um, doing, taking my PPL or doing my PPL in New Zealand um, because I have this crazy adventures gene that the crazier it gets, the better it is. <laughs> so I went to New Zealand first and then I went to Florida um, and when I was over there, I I spent two years there and I, I did my FAA, you know, everything that you can do up until instructing. And then as I was doing or while I was doing that, I thought, why not take a fixed-wing PPL and an IR on, on top of that because it was never going to be easier or cheaper because I already, you know, I was dealing with all the other stuff from, from flying helicopters. So I have... Um, and I think fixed wings are great and you know to be honest I would love to have one just a small one to fly for you know as a means of transport because I, I have a house in Denmark I work in Aberdeen in Scotland so it would be a lot easier
0: yeah I think you need more than a small one to do that journey though
1: <laughs> well I know it would it would have to be IFR certified and yeah. and you know yeah. have full no,
0: icing. <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's great and 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 it's uh it's it's really quite something that you're so focused on, on helicopters. And you mentioned your training there. So where did you, you mentioned the States. Did you do your helicopter training in the States?
1: Yeah. So I started out in New Zealand. I was actually planned to do everything in Denmark, um, but I right. I have a, a bachelor in, um, a degree in, in economics. And I was part of that. I was in Vienna and I got talking to someone from Australia and um we were talking prices and I don't know how he knew this, but we were talking about, you know, what the potential price was going to be. And he said, you know, I bet you can do this cheaper in Australia and New Zealand. And I was like, really? And then, you know, I went, did the research and then I went to New Zealand. So New Zealand first and then um, to Florida.
0: What bits did you do in New Zealand? Did you do it all in New Zealand or or did you split it between New Zealand and America?
1: Yeah, just um, the... I did the PPL helicopter PPL in in New Zealand and I was I was actually planning on staying but at the time there seemed to be a lot of Kiwis that were training to become helicopter pilots as well and there was this initiative from the government where they could get it um they could get the loan interest free so I thought you know this is going to be you know hard work for someone who is not a Kiwi to get a job there so I decided after I got my PPL that I would um that I would go somewhere else, and actually, I met two Irish guys down there that were going to uh, Florida.
0: Do I know one of them?
1: <laughs> you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just like to add that Sandra's partner,
0: who's also a yes. helicopter pilot, <laughs>
1: um, and they were going to Florida. So I, I kind of changed my plans, which I have. You know, you because this it's this is such a big area, and if if you every single pilot you speak to, their career looks different. The way they did their training is different from what someone yep. else did. So you get new information and then you change your plans. And I have done that many, many times. Um, so you, you you have to stay agile and, and open-minded to what can happen really.
0: Yeah, no, that's really, that's really interesting. I, as, you, as you know, and, and I've said on other podcasts, I come from a, a military background. So it's, it's probably a little bit more of a well-trodden path and when you delve into people that have done it, you know, completely themselves, it's it's a lot more interesting. And it, and it's great. I mean, I've never flown in New Zealand um, and I've flown in America uh, privately, but I've never flown there commercially. So it's a great background. And you mentioned there the journey to, to get to, you know, commercial flying. Of course, you're female. And one of the things, you know, that we discussed and we're talking about, and it's quite, it's quite not popular at the moment. I'm trying to search for the word, but it's, it's at the moment we we are really trying to encourage one youngsters into aviation and and i think you still really qualify as a youngster compared to me <laughs> and uh, and and two trying to bring more females into aviation be that you know fixed wing or helicopters but particularly helicopters because we don't have a lot of female pilots and uh, you know you're you're one of well i think in our company only two um uh, in 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 the uk so what challenges do you think has there been do you feel that there's been additional challenges for you working in what is a, an incredibly male dominated environment
1: i i am aware of a couple of times where i might have lost the the job opportunity because i was a woman but there there could have been other challenges but i might just have put it down to you know this is aviation that's the challenge there and i i haven't consciously I haven't been aware that I have you know had setbacks because of of being a female so th- there might have been but it's not something that I I have blamed as I've gone along you know like I said there might have been a couple of times where I didn't get the job but other than that I just did what I had to do
0: yeah and I suppose you would nev- and yeah I suppose you would never know either that's the thing uh you would never know if if, if people had applied some negative discrimination I mean I, I don't I don't think that happens, and maybe I think maybe it probably certainly did, you know, twenty years ago, but but certainly not certainly not now. But I think I suppose one of the things that I see is that it's the desire actually to do the job. Obviously, there's a lot of men that want to be pilots, and we don't see a lot of females, you know, the same proportion of females wanting to be pilots. And I don't know, do do you think there's a reason for that? Is it is it the image? Is it you know? The, it just does not appeal
1: i mean there's there's the ones that know what they want and they go for it um like myself, but I think in general it's not something that they even they even think about that it's a possibility hmm. so in order to get more women into especially helicopters, it's something that we have to we have to make an effort to go out and find them and tell them that this is an opportunity um I did speak to. A, a younger woman or a young woman she had just finished her her university degree um, and she was you know thinking about going into aviation um, and and I was talking to her for for a while and telling her about my day and you know what we do and her her response was oh that sounds boring <laughs> and I and I you know you know maybe to some extent it uh it does become repetitive but no profession is not repetitive to some extent you know we do you know it does you know we can have long days but there's most days you know there's a curveball something is different and you have to make a a decision based on you know of what on what you know
0: yeah absolutely yeah and all jobs have the potential to become slightly monotonous and, and and slightly boring and i think it's what you make of them as well
1: Absolutely, it is. It really is what you make of it, and you never become, you never graduate. There's always something new to learn, you know. And, and the more of a a nerd you are about it, and the more the, the more you read, the more interesting it becomes, like anything else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned earlier on, you have a particular interest in in CRM, and for anyone that doesn't know what that means, crew resource management. And you're a crew resource management trainer. um What does that involve, Anya?
1: It's it's pretty much everything to do about the human aspect in aviation. It's, you know, there's the technical aspect that we, we can't ignore because it's a big part of it, but it's not just that. It's not just about reading the weather because most accidents are, you know, they happen because there's a, there's a human error involved um, and CRM has come about because of that and it has evolved a lot over the years. So we have to do CRM training uh, once a year, and uh, that can, you know, it's it's everything from decision making. Um, automation has become a big part. Monitoring and intervention is a big part. And then we have everything, you know, to do about the um, the human with human performance limitations. And a new thing in the in the area as well is surprise and startle. So, you know, something yeah. that we haven't really realized was there before that some accidents might have been caused by. Um, we have threat and error management. You know all those things that
0: we. Yeah, it's a. It, I think you, you know you've summed it up really well there, and and it's it's become a, a much bigger subject than it certainly was. You know even even ten years ago, and the human element is very important. And you mentioned automation there, which is quite interesting because I think a lot of people maybe think that that helicopters. Are, are maybe simpler or, or nowhere near as sophisticated as, you know, when you jump on your on your holiday and go off on an Airbus A320 or A380 even. But as you know, helicopters are incredibly sophisticated machines these days and possibly, in some respects, a lot more complicated uh, than our fixed-wing partners. However, they are incredibly automated now as well. And, and I think you really hit the nail on the head there is that this is something that's quite not new but but as we fly we tend not to fly hands-on anywhere near as much as we did even five years ago um and that and that relationship in the cockpit between not just between the pilots yeah. and the crew but also the relationship between the pilots and crew and the machine is 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 a really uh, a strong subject i think and something that uh, that we look at quite a bit now
1: yeah and and you know with automation and us not flying so much becomes or comes the next challenge which is that we have to become monitors then and managers of the system and monitoring is something that we're not very good at because it's hard to sit and stare at something for a long time that doesn't you know nothing is happening there's a lot happening but nothing is happening if it makes sense
0: yeah perfect you've summed it up perfectly there i think for people listening even uh where- you operate on that and no, we operate uh, on the North Sea. There are some quite long sector lengths uh, on a nice day with the autopilot engaged. There isn't a great deal going on. Uh, there is a great deal going on behind the scenes, but the the helicopter is taken away yeah. and the automation in that helicopter is taken a lot away from the pilots. And so, as you say, monitoring. Yeah is a really important factor now. Probably more important some in some respects than some raw flying skills.
1: Yeah. I mean we we are, you know, monitors or managers of, of systems. You know, even my generation of of pilots, I can see the difference between, you know, where I'm at. I like to fly the helicopter manually. And I I can see that I do that a lot more than my younger colleagues who will, you know, use the automation right up till the last minute before they have to land. Whereas I like to, to continue to get a feel for the aircraft, which I think is very important. Automation, it's not supposed to fail, but it does. And, you know, I have been in, um, you know, have lots of experiences where automation didn't do what we were, what we expected it to do. And if you don't continue to keep up your manual skills, you're going to get a nasty surprise.
0: Yeah. Mm. It's a fine balance as well, isn't yeah. it? Because you're flying commercially, you've got passengers in the back. Uh, and it's just a, a balance between getting things done commercially expediently and and, and also having the opportunity to fly the mm. aircraft manually and you're you're right uh, i i'm the same I, I come from a different generation <laughs> i have to admit where where it was virtually you know always hands on yeah uh, you know I've come from aircraft that that didn't have an autopilot at all. Uh, and I never want to go back to that. I must say, because um, what we have now is absolutely incredible. But yes, skill fade is a, is a real big problem. Another whole subject just on its own.
1: Yeah, we could yeah. make a podcast just on that.
0: Yeah, well maybe we should. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we were talking about COM, and and you gave us a a really good summary of what it means and how it operates. And you know, as you said, we 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 do an initial course, and we then refresh this every year but of course we're doing it hopefully refreshing it every day um
1: yeah with our crews i think it's a challenge sometimes i mean we we i try to bring it to the forefront in this year's crm on the on the courses that you know you know how do we bring it not just from the classroom you know they they get a reminder of what it is because we've been doing it for a while now and and you know we all appreciate what it has done for for aviation i think and it's, it's 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 seeping into other professions isn't it? For professions, they understand what it what it's actually doing for for us. But you know, doing it once a year is different yep. to using it every single day and consciously think about what it is it can do for us. That comes down to you know conscious making an effort to to make it to use it.
0: Yeah, and that comes down to culture. Yeah, no, really good stuff. And and C O M and now. Uh, you know in the last year or so we 've been looking at obviously mental health and, and with the pandemic and everything else that 's been going on it, you know it has become a subject that is prevalent in the news but also really important to us as aviators uh, and I, and i think you 've and well i know <laughs> that you 've done something else with with mental health and aviation. Could you just tell us a little bit about what 's happening at the moment yeah
1: we this initiative called peer supporters like bringing in peer supporters for pilots. Um, and it I think it's it's an EASA initiative but it's also we're working on starting it up in the UK as well we haven't quite done it yet yeah
0: yeah it's just a hangover it's a it's a hangover from EASA yeah, but we're yeah, doing exactly yeah. the same thing yeah when I say hangover I don't mean that in a bad no. way I mean it just it just didn't come into into regulation by the time we'd left
1: yeah uh, so the the idea is that I guess from the pilot Perspective. We're we're, as pilots, we have the exact same human issues as everyone else. The challenge, I guess, is that if pilots have the perception that if they speak up about their problems, that they could potentially lose their medical. Lose your medical, you lose your license. Then you lose your income, you lose your livelihood. And there's a lot at stake. So it's better just to stay quiet. So the idea with the peer is that you have someone to talk to who is... You know who can understand what you're going through yourself and the pressures that you're under and um, so you can call a peer you can and it doesn't just have to be in in you know, we have support from other companies as well and hopefully just by having that conversation with another peer it can sort out your issue you know because a lot of times when you know we're we're dealing with something alone it's a lot bigger than if you're talking and sh- to someone else and sharing it with them and they can put a different perspective on it
0: yeah Again, beautifully summarised, and 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 the the peer support project or um, programs that have come in uh, are de- doing exactly that, and it means that problems aren't escalated, as you said. That uh, you know, hopefully, you're talking to someone who's maybe you don't know, but has got a real understanding for what your job is, and I think that's that's quite useful. I think, mm-hmm. you know, as we know, all bits of aviation are slightly different. Um, you know, the, the North Sea is its own niche uh, and, and very different to, say, flying an airliner, although there are incredible similarities. But, and, and probably pilots mm. have the same problem. And, and I think, yeah, as you said, pilots probably not very good at discussing their emotions. I think there is, there is that personality type. Maybe, perhaps, if we had more females.
1: We're, yeah, maybe. I mean, we're, we're, I guess we're seen as sort of superhumans. Because of what we
0: (laughs) (laughs) do, I don't think my wife would say that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But because of what we do, we we might be seen as you know stronger, which I think in, in you know a lot of instances we are. But it doesn't mean that we don't have issues.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And and the thing with the peer support is that we have we have support in the background as well as the peer. If we feel that we can't deal with this uh, person on our own, then we can go talk to, you know, people in the background that can, that can help out. And, and that is a whole idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really important point, Anya, that uh, it's not just, it's not just you guys on your own forming this, is that you've got the backup of an aviation psychologist. Yeah. And, and and there's there's a quite a good statistic now coming out, certainly out, out of the UK uh, pilots, you know, in the past, there was a real stigma to admitting that, you, you know, you may have a mental health issue or a mental welfare or mental well-being issue but now certainly the UK CEA have a, I can't remember what it is I can't remember what the number is but the amount of pilots that are actually returned to active flying and get their medicals back is really high, I mean staggeringly high um, you would think, or oh, well you know if someone's someone's you know suffering from depression or, or anxiety or any one of the kind of mental health issues that they would never get back to flying but the CEA have got excellent programs and and i think i think it was up in the like the 90s in the 90s percent of and I, I should have i should have done a bit more uh background reading and i didn't know what the figure was i was told it once but it is uh, when i heard it i was staggered yeah that, that that was good and that's that's a really good thing because this needs to come top down people pilots need to know that yeah. they can they can go and speak to somebody without it's always going to be difficult but without fear of thinking that's it that's me finished mm. you know
1: Yeah. And the more people that talk about it, the more normal it becomes, the safer it becomes that it's okay to talk to someone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I think that's, again, it's a culture as well. Uh, uh, Men generally are just not very good at it. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. a well-known fact, you know, we don't, we don't go to the doctors when we should. We don't discuss things as much as we probably should. Part of the change in atmosphere as well, you know, where we used to have a crew room culture because of the way aviation is and because it's, you know, we it's not a, a hugely cash-rich environment anymore. You know, our pilots are used, not just helicopter flying, but in airlines. And there's not that time just to sit around and have a, a chat and that. It's it's a fairly high-tempo environment these days. And, and people finish and tend to want mm. to go home.
1: But but having said that, it's also important the relationship we have between crews. I mean, I, I actually spoke to another peer recently um, that was working in a, a small base. And he said, you know, we actually have a really good relationship between each other and, you know, I am the peer. People can come to me. But even pilot to pilot, we're very good at dealing with things. And uh, it, it's just the culture that it is, it, that they have. So they, yeah, they deal with it.
0: So I'll lighten it up a little bit because we've talked about talked uh, about <laughs> mental health, but uh, it is at the forefront of people's mind as well. say and especially over the last eighteen months, you know, everybody, I I, I I describe it to people is that everyone has kind of this level of of happiness or 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 mental well being, and I think we're all probably slightly anxious that although. We probably don't realise it, but uh, you know that level of anxiety has increased because just our, our normal routines have changed. For you flying and, and for me flying, even the way we're doing stuff has changed. Um, and so you're never there's always that background thought of what's happening or what's going to happen tomorrow or what's going to be in the news. So it's really important.
1: And, and- if, if I can add something, you know, it's um, we as humans, we have this incredible piece of machinery on the top of our shoulders that I think we haven't quite figured out how to use. I mean, it's not like there is a user's manual <laughs> and we're in a way we haven't quite caught up with our own intelligence. I mean, if you think about it, it's a fairly new system from an evolutionary perspective The 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 heart, the liver, the kidney, it's all tested and tried systems, you know, like our <laughs> the rest of the animal kingdom they don't make a big fuss out of they just do it yeah <laughs> The special thing about being human we haven't quite no, figured it out I think, yet
0: i think you're probably right i certainly have i certainly haven't figured it out <laughs> i'm not sure i've got the, the the great thing on the top of my shoulders <laughs> describing but <laughs> certainly as i get older i i think, think that's that certainly diminishing but no you have got a real good point and 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 it's again it's a massive subject um that uh, hmm. that very fascinating subject it is it is i think the human condition is is a, an incredibly fascinating subject but maybe something that again we'll have to add it on to this this next podcast i think that would be <laughs> yeah. a really deep one i think i'd have to go away and do a fair bit yeah. of research before we come back and do that <laughs> so we've talked about your, your background in helicopter flying how did you got to doing the crm stuff which is fantastic if perchance you and i know you said helicopter flying you find it fascinating what if you couldn't do it? What, is there one other thing that you would want to do if you couldn't have been, well, you know, if, if you couldn't be a pilot or you, you, you weren't going to be a pilot? Is there something in the background you'd have gone, well, if I hadn't have done that, I would have loved to have done this?
1: I would have, you know, there was a, a guy, um, a Danish guy, who is a, a brain researcher and great inspiration to me as well. And I think if it wasn't for flying, I would have gone into researching brains. And, and like I said before, it's a really big, fascinating subject. And just the last few years, we have figured out so much that we had no idea about before. And there's still so much to come. So it absolutely, that would be what I would be doing if it wasn't for flying.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. Or well, you could still do it. I mean, there's no. And, and,
1: and I, I kind of am because yeah. I, you know through CRM and the peer support, I get to do a little bit of that as well. Yeah, I think that's
0: one of those. It's one of those things that you can do to add on isn't it because I think it it adds on to everything it's not just aviation Mm. you can you can study that and uh, and and add that on to all kinds of conditions Uh, I I find it fascinating as well I'm just probably not bright enough (laughs) I I can I can read something but then forget it immediately (laughs) that's really good and we always finish that. Well, we're, we're not quite finished, but we. I generally try and finish the podcast with a with a with a you know a curveball question, and and it's not really designed for that. It's just out of interest. And uh, and I have given you. I have to tell everyone. I have given you a little bit of a heads up so that we don't just have <laughs> a, a couple of minutes of silence. <laughs> but. Uh, but what do you think and and this is open to anything not just aviation what do you think the world will look like in in five years time maybe just from Anya's point of view
1: yeah I mean I I can't even begin to comprehend what is you know what kind of technological advances we're going to make in the next five years because it's exponential it's happening so fast that I don't think anyone can you know so maybe some people can imagine what's going to happen but I'm kind of at the receiving end of it um still embracing it for me personally i think what is going to happen on the human level is a lot more interesting because we're also going through a lot of growth at the moment we we're actually becoming more empathetic it's research has shown that our prefrontal cortex is growing okay yeah this is true so what is going to happen to the human i think is more fascinating and
0: yeah maybe and maybe as well some of the things when you say that as well about becoming more empathetic and 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 also people's probably way of thinking has changed significantly in the last 18 months because as we're seeing in the job market now, some people have left their jobs and have just gone, you know what, I never really enjoyed that. I, and and I just needed something like this to prove it to me and I'm not coming back. And that's one of the issues that the the employment market is. I think in the UK at the moment, there's something like a million openings, uh, which, which has never been that way before. There's never been a case there. And from what you've just said there, I get the the feeling that on the plus side has made people go, actually, I'm not going to go and do that. I'm going to go and do this. Now, that relies on you being financially secure enough to be able to go and do that. But I think also as well, the younger generations I was reading today is that people need purpose. And and that's that's one of the big things that's changed mm-hmm. is that, that, that people no longer want to do a job. They want to do a job, but they have to have purpose to that job. I'm... Um, and There's a sticky point there that some jobs just don't have purpose, you know. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> but you know, as a we, you know, COP twenty-six just finished, and you know, I think we have to acknowledge that we don't. The world we're living in is is not really working, and I, I think there's a lot of movement. Um, so, so, yeah, I think five years' time is, is going to be very interesting to see what happens. And,
0: where, do you, where do you think these big gas-guzzling helicopters will be in five years' time then?
1: <laughs> I, with, a, a lot has happened. You know, we, we see drones on the market now, and they've taken on taken a lot of what we, we used to do. But in terms of um, – I mean, the, the helicopters, they pretty much fly themselves anyway. But when, when it comes to transporting people, I don't think the pilot will have been removed. Maybe someday um, – yeah yeah it probably isn't going to look too different from what it is now but i might be completely wrong i don't think it will though
0: yeah and and, and for us as well you know being involved in energy uh those that whole outlook is changing rapidly uh yeah and uh, that will that will bring along big changes certainly for for our sector of the aviation community um particularly particularly for you know for the the, yeah. young, the younger generations yeah. coming in it's not it will not be the same uh and and and, and probably quite rightly yeah no. it shouldn't be the same we have to evolve and move on um i don't think there'll be i don't think there'll be uh, electric powered helicopters yeah you know anytime soon that have the, the the ranges and stuff to to do what we do today but there might not be there might not be the requirement to to do that kind of flying anyway because as you say you know even offshore wind renewables so much more automation so much more remote uh, data that but there's still physical you know, they are still physical machines and physical machines break. So,
1: no. Yeah, We will, you know, we'll, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think anyone will no, do.
0: We will see. No, no, but that's one of those, it's one of those great open questions. Um, and, and, and and in five years time, we can record, we can read this. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And, and see if you're right. <laughs> but, there, but there is no right answer, so it doesn't matter.
1: No, and... and- and no matter what it is, it's it's going to be one of those things where we just have to accept that the, you know, whatever way development is going, we have to follow it and embrace it because it's not going to, otherwise we're going to be left behind, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Anya, do you know what? That's been absolutely fantastic. And and as in as I probably said to you before, like, you never know which direction these kind of podcast chats will take. And it's been brilliant talking to you and I, I really appreciate it. And I hope... The, You know the people that listen to it get something out of it you know from helicopter flying to females in aviation to crew resource management to mental health and and then then the big questions that you've raised you know why are we here (laughs) (laughs) and that's been absolutely awesome and, and thank you so much thank you a big thanks to anya for coming on and discussing so many really interesting subjects we probably could have talked all night If you'd like to hear more of our aviation podcasts, please subscribe to the channel using your favourite podcast app. And if you like what we're doing, we'd really appreciate some feedback and a review. To find out more about Busy Aviation, please visit our website at www.busyaviation.co.uk and also join our community by subscribing to our newsletter. If you're an aviation business and would like to appear on a future episode, please drop us a line. We'd love to include you. Thanks for listening. Hi, Anya. Welcome to the Busy Aviation podcast. Really great to have you on this evening. And I just want to start it, really. I suppose what I should mention is that we are actually work colleagues. So for the for, for people listening, we do actually know each other uh, and uh, we have uh, flown together. Well, no, I don't think we have flown together, but we, we've never flown together. There you go. <laughs> Both ways. Um, and so just so that everyone out there knows that, but welcome and thank you so much for doing this. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and and how you got, well, how I know you, I suppose, and, and how you got to where you are today? And what was that spark then? So what was the spark? You you know, you said you, you realised you wanted to be a pilot. Something must have put that in your mind. Did you see something or fly or, or know someone? Ha <laughs> yeah that's amazing because you said you looked upwards and saw airplanes in the sky i think there's a there's a famous saying about once you've glanced to skywards uh then you'll, you'll never do something else you know and, and and i think we all do the same i think even now even now i i still if i hear an airplane go past i can't help myself but look up uh yeah and you can normally tell other pilots by that genuinely proper pilots because even now even at, even you know when we're at work and uh in, in our full-time jobs and uh the, uh, you see an aircraft take off or something like that. I still watch. I watch as I walk from the car park in the morning. I can't help myself. But yeah, you mentioned looking at airplanes. So And you said helicopters are awesome. So what we haven't said, actually, uh, and, and I'll probably put this into the introduction as well because we're going to work backwards on this, is that Anya is actually a North Sea helicopter captain. So that was something that we probably should have mentioned. But... You've mentioned, so we've mentioned helicopters. So what is it that particularly fascinates you, or did fascinate, or still does, about helicopters? Yeah, we'll come back to that one. We'll come back to that one later on. Uh, and and it's interesting you say. And yeah, but I mean, people are the same, I suppose, for fixed wing as well. Do you have, have any hankerings to, to ever try out fixed wing? Or have you ever flown fixed wing? Yeah. I think you need more than a small one to do that journey, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't we all? (laughs) No, that's that's great. And and, and it's uh, it's it's really quite something that you're so focused on on helicopters. And you mentioned your training there. So where did you, you you mentioned the States? Did you do your helicopter training in the States? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that just, yeah, your training, that's, so you started off in New Zealand. So what bits did you do in New Zealand? Did you do it all in New Zealand or or did you split it between New Zealand and America? Do I know one of them? <laughs> I'd just like to add that Sanya's partner, who's also a helicopter pilot. <laughs> yeah. yeah no that's really that's really interesting as you, as you know and, and i've said on other podcasts i come from a, a military background so it's it's probably a little bit more of a well-trodden path and when you delve into people that have done it you know completely themselves it's it's a lot more interesting and, it, and it's great i mean i've never flown in new zealand uh, and i've flown in america uh, privately but i've never flown there commercially so it's a great background and you mentioned there the journey to to get to you know commercial flying of course your female and one of the things you know that we discussed and we're talking about and it's quite it's quite um not popular at the moment i'm trying to search for the word but it's it's at the moment we we are really trying to encourage one youngsters into aviation and i and I think you still really qualify as a youngster compared to me <laughs> and uh, and and two trying to bring more females into aviation, be that you know fixed wing or helicopters, but particularly. Helicopters, because we don't have a lot of female pilots, and uh, you know, you're you're one of, well, I think in our company only two, um, uh, in 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 the UK. So, what challenges do you think has there been? Do you feel that there's been additional challenges for you working in what is a, an incredibly male-dominated environment? yeah and I suppose you would never and yeah, I suppose you would never know either that's the thing uh, you would never know if, if if people had applied some negative discrimination i mean I, I don't I don't think that happens and maybe I think maybe it probably certainly did you know twenty years ago but but certainly not certainly not now but i think I suppose one of the things that I see is that it's the desire actually to do the job obviously there's a lot of men that want to be pilots and we don't see a lot of females, you know, the same proportion of females wanting to be pilots. And I don't know, do, do you think there's a reason for that? Is it Is it the image? Is it, you know, that it just does not appeal? Hmm. you put her off Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and all jobs have the potential to become slightly monotonous and, and and slightly boring and I think it's what you make of them as well. But <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, and you mentioned earlier on you have a particular interest in in CRM and for anyone that doesn't know what that means crew resource management and you're a crew resource management trainer Um, what does that involve Anya? Yeah that's no problem Yeah, what does it what does it mean What does it mean? To, just explain what it means to you in the business. Uh, we'll go again. Don't worry. So, 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 Anya, you mentioned earlier on about CRM, crew resource management. How does and you are a crew resource management trainer uh, for the business in the helicopter world? What does that What does that mean to you? On or what does that You know, can you explain a little bit what that involves? On you know, in in the business that you're in. What, what does that mean how do you train people what's the purpose of that yep yeah. yeah it's a, it, I think you, you know you've summed it up really well there and, and it's it's become a, a much bigger subject than it certainly was you know even even ten years ago and the human element is very important, and you mentioned automation there, which is quite interesting because I think a lot of people maybe think that that helicopters are are maybe simpler or or nowhere near as sophisticated as you know when you jump on your on your holiday and go off on an Airbus A320 or A380 even. But as you know, helicopters are incredibly sophisticated machines these days, and possibly in some respects a lot more complicated uh, than our fixed wing partners. However, they are incredibly automated now as well, and and I think you really hit the nail on the head there. Is that this is something that's quite not new, but but as we fly, we tend not to fly hands on anywhere near as much as we did even five years ago, um, and that and that relationship in the cockpit between not just between the pilots and the crew, but also the relationship between the pilots and crew and the machine. Is, is, is a really uh, a strong subject I think and something that uh, that we look at quite a bit now. Yeah, perfect. You've summed it up perfectly there. I think for people listening, even uh, where you operate on that and we operate uh, on the North Sea, there are some quite long sector lengths uh, on a nice day with the autopilot engaged. There isn't a great deal going on. Uh, there is a great deal going on behind the scenes, but the the helicopter is taken away and the automation in that helicopter is taken a lot away from the pilots. And so, as you say, monitoring is a really important factor now. Probably more important in some respects than some raw flying skills because we are... Sorry, Andy, it's a fine balance as well isn't it because you're flying commercially you've got passengers in the back uh and it's just a, a balance between getting things done commercially expediently and, and and also having the opportunity to fly the aircraft manually and you're you're right uh, i i'm the same I, I come from a different generation <laughs> I have to admit where where it was virtually you know always hands on uh you know i've come from aircraft that that didn't have an autopilot at all uh and i never want to go back to that i must say because um, what we have now is absolutely incredible, but yes, skill fade is a is a real big problem. Another whole subject just on its own. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we should. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and so we were talking about COM, and and you gave us a a really good summary of what it means and how it operates. And you know, as you said, we 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 do an initial course, and we then refresh this every year but of course we're doing it hopefully refreshing it every day um, with our crews yeah Yeah, and that comes down to culture uh, and again uh, yeah yeah absolutely yeah no really good stuff and and com and now uh, you know in the last year or so we've been looking at obviously mental health and and with the pandemic and everything else that's been going on you know it has become uh, a subject that is is prevalent in the news but also really important to us as aviators Uh, and I I think you've and well I know (laughs) that you've done something else with with mental health and aviation could you just tell us a little bit about what's happening at the moment Yeah, yeah, it's just a hangover it's a it's a hangover from Yassa, but we're doing exactly the same thing, yeah. When I say hangover, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it just it just didn't come into into regulation by the time we'd left, but yeah again beautifully summarized and 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 the the peer support project and um, programs that have come in uh, are de- doing exactly that and it means that problems aren't escalated as you said that uh, you know hopefully you're talking to someone who's maybe you don't know but has got a real understanding for what your job is and i think that's that's quite useful i think you know, as we know all bits of aviation are slightly different um you know the the north sea is its own niche you know uh, uh and and very different to say flying an airliner, although there are incredible similarities but and and probably pilots have the same problem and and I think yeah, as you said, pilots probably not very good at uh, um, at discussing their emotions I think there is there is that personality type, maybe perhaps if we had more females. <laughs> I don't think my wife would say that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's a really important point, Anya. That uh, it's not just it's not just you guys on your own forming this. Is that you've got the backup of an aviation psychologist, and 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 there's there's a quite a good statistic now coming out, certainly out out of the UK, uh, that 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 pilots. You know, in the past there was a real stigma to admitting that you you know you may have a mental health issue, or a mental welfare or mental well being issue, but now certainly the UK CEA have a, I can't remember what it is I can't remember what the number is but the amount of pilots that are actually returned to active flying and get their medicals back is really high I mean staggeringly high um, you would think or oh, well you know if someone's someone's you know suffering from depression or or anxiety or any one of the kind of mental health issues that they would never get back to flying but the CA have got excellent programs and, and I think I think it was up in the like the nineties. In the nineties percent of, and I, I should have I should have done a bit more uh, background reading. And I didn't know what the figure was. I was told it once, but it is. Uh, when I heard it, I was staggered that 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 was good. And that's that's a really good thing because this needs to come top down. People, pilots need to know that they can they can go and speak to somebody without. It's always going to be difficult, but without fear of thinking that's it, that's me finished. You know. yeah absolutely yeah I I think that's again it's a culture as well Uh, men generally are just not very good at it I mean it's a well-known fact you know we don't we don't go to the doctors when we should we don't discuss things as much as we probably should Um, uh, and that's and that again part of the change in atmosphere as well you know where we used to have a crew room culture because of the way aviation is and because it's you know we it's not a, a hugely cash rich environment anymore you know our pilots are used not just helicopter flying but in airlines and there's not that time just to sit around and have a a chat and natter uh, it's it's a fairly high tempo environment these days and, and people finish and tend to want to go home you know so No. Yeah, it's good, good stuff. So, I'll lighten it up a little bit because we've talked about <laughs> about mental health, but uh, it is at the forefront of people's mind as well. As I say and especially over the last 18 months, you know, everybody I, 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 I describe it to people is that everyone has kind of this level of of happiness or 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 mental well-being and I think we're all probably slightly anxious that although we probably don't realize it but uh, you know that level of anxiety has increased because just our, our normal routines have changed and and f- and for you for you flying and, and for me flying even the way we're doing stuff has changed um, and so you'll never there's always that background thought of what's happening or what's going to happen tomorrow or what's going to be in the news So it's really important really good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think you're probably right. I certainly haven't. I certainly haven't figured it out. <laughs> I'm not sure I've got the, the the great thing on the top of my shoulders <laughs> that you're describing. But <laughs> certainly, as I get older, I, I think I think that that is certainly diminishing. But no, you, you've got a real good point, and 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 it's again, it's a massive subject um, that uh, that. It is. It is. I think the human condition is is an incredibly fascinating subject, but maybe something that again we'll have to add it on to this this next podcast. I think that would be a really deep one. I think I'd have to go away and do a fair bit of research before we come back and do that. <laughs> so that's that's really great. So we've talked about your your background in helicopter flying. How did we got to doing the CRM stuff, which is fantastic? Um, if Perchance, you and I know you said helicopter flying, you find it fascinating. What if you couldn't do it? What is there one other thing that you would want to do if you couldn't have been well, you know, if you couldn't be a pilot or you, you, you weren't going to be a pilot? Is there something in the background you'd have gone well, if I hadn't have done that, I would have loved to have done this. Yeah, that's really interesting. Or you could still do it. I mean, there's no and and yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of those. It's one of those things that you can do to add on isn't it because i think it, it adds on to everything it's not just aviation you can you can study that and uh, and and add that on to all kinds of conditions uh, it, it, i i find it fascinating as well i'm just probably not bright enough <laughs> i i can i can read something but then forget it immediately <laughs> that's really good and we always finish that well we're, we're not quite finished, but we I generally try and finish the podcast with a with a with a you know a curveball question and and it's not really designed for that. It's just out of interest and uh, And I have given you I have to tell everyone I have given you a little bit of a heads up so that we don't just have a, a couple of minutes of silence. but but what do you think and, and this is it's open to anything, not just aviation. What do you think the world will look like in in five years' time? maybe just from Anya's point of view. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe maybe as well, some of the things when you say that as well about becoming more empathetic and, and, and also people's probably way of thinking has changed significantly in the last 18 months, because as we're seeing in the job market now, some people have left their jobs and have just gone, you know what? I never really enjoyed that. I, and I just needed something like this to prove it to me, and I'm not coming back. And that's one of the issues that the, the employment market is. I think in the UK at the moment, there's something like a million openings, uh, which which has never been that way before. There's never been the case there. And from what you've just said there, I, I get the, the, the feeling that the, the, the pandemic on the plus side has made people go, do you know what? Actually, I'm not going to go and do that. I'm going to go and do this now that relies on you being financially secure enough to be able to go and do that but i think also as well the younger generations i was reading today is that uh, you know people need purpose and and that's that's one of the big things that's changed is that 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 people no longer want to do a job they want to do a job but they have to have purpose to that job um, and there's a sticky point there that some jobs just don't have purpose you know <laughs> Where do you you think these big gas guzzling helicopters will be in five years' time then? (laughs) Yeah. yeah and 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 for us as well you know been involved in energy uh, those that whole outlook is changing rapidly uh yeah and uh, that will that will bring along big changes certainly for for our sector of the aviation community um particularly particularly for you know for the the, young, the younger generations coming in it's not it will not be the same uh and, and 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 probably quite rightly it it shouldn't be the same we have to evolve and move on um i don't think there'll be i don't think there'll be uh, electric powered helicopters you know anytime soon that have the, the the ranges and stuff to to do what we do today but there might not be there might not be the requirement to to do that kind of flying anyway because as you say you know even offshore wind renewables so much more automation so much more remote uh, data that but they're still physical you know they are still physical machines and physical machines break so no No, we will see. No, no, but that's one of those. It's one of those great open questions, um, and 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 in five years' time, we can record, we can replay this, and uh, and and see if you're right. <laughs> but there is but there is no right answer, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anya, do you know what? That's been absolutely fantastic. And and as in as I probably said to you before, like, you never know which direction these kind of podcast chats will take. And it's been brilliant talking to you. And I, I really appreciate it. And I hope, the, you know, the people that listen to it get something out of it, you know, from helicopter flying to females in aviation to crew resource management to mental health and and then then the big questions that you've raised you know why are we here (laughs) and that's been absolutely awesome and, and thank you so much